All right. Well, Stephen, here we are yet again. Episode 326. We're still in the the thralls of spooky season here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not necessarily spooky, but delightful. Mm. So in our little uh, podcast friend circle, there's been big doings happening. Yeah. You know? So uh, our friends over at Mind Grenade have released Ooh. their 350th episode. <gasps> congratulations, so congratulations to them. Guys. That's great. Um, we probably won't. We won't make it. <laughs> we're just, we don't, I'm just tired. I'm so tired. Uh, Boozy over at the Terror Table uh, podcast. He's uh, had his Kickstarter for his short horror film Aberrant fully funded, and uh, that movie's supposed to come out in 2024, December 2024, mm-hmm. from uh, what I recall. Oh, okay. And uh, his uh, his partner Mitch, also from the Terror Table, has some uh, irons in the fire as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to say anything but uh just exciting stuff there uh our other friend uh austin wilson from hideous energy and the ledger podcast just got married so Ooh. congratulations to him and uh, they got married Congrats. on friday the 13th oh my Isn't gosh that crazy? austin i love and it it's wonderful yeah like the guy loves superman and friday the 13th? <laughs> that's crazy um and then uh i heard about that mm. his pending uh nuptials on the newest episode of Erie International, which is back from like a three-month break. Mm-hmm. So uh, welcome back to uh, the podcasting fold to those fellas. Absolutely. And on their most recent episode, not the uh, the newest one back, but the the, the one after that, uh, they had mentioned that uh, there was a, a, a short film that they, uh, they talked about called The Hunt is Alive by, it says here, my best friend Stephen Fisher. Indeed. Wow. This is incredible, Stephen. Yes. Uh, I have to learn about it here on the streets. <laughs> Fuck you. Just kidding. We've talked about it all month. But uh, but uh, yeah, so you're, you're, the third part of your short film series mm-hmm. is now on YouTube, and uh, everyone can go check it out. We'll have the, the links in the, the show notes here so people can just simply tap and go. You know? Absolutely. You don't have to finish this fucking episode. And uh, yeah, so what has the reception been like now that all three parts are available? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, right before the show, uh, Brent had asked me if, if Chase, if you even knew about that. I really haven't told many people at work. I think James has seen them. But um, yeah, I have, a, I have a few short films I released for, for Halloween out in the world. And uh, I filmed it with my nephew, who's a, a big horror fan. He makes a, a haunted house every year in his garage. And uh, so we use some of those animatronics and just try to do something fun this summer and release it this, this fall. So uh, but yeah, I have a lot of friends and family and other people on Instagram and everything have been reaching out and saying they like they liked it, and uh, it was super cool to to hear our our friends over at Erie International mention it. And uh, thank you mm-hmm. guys so much, and, uh, and welcome back um, from your hiatus. But um, yeah, it's been good, man. And I uh, it's just been fun to be creative again, and I love all of our friends, uh, like what they've got going on. Um, I had written some notes. Um, you know, because we're waiting on Boozy's film and stuff, which I'm really excited about, and we mm-hmm. back to the Kickstarter for. But um, also on uh, on Eerie, they were like Dave was talking about, you know, like all all these all his friends on the podcasting world are like doing these things, and he's like, you know, I've I've been kicking around a, sk- a script for a while, I've never finished, and it's like absolutely, dude, fucking do that. I want to read your shit, or I want to I want to watch your shit, or whatever. I want to mm-hmm. I just you know want to see what my my friends are up to and what they can make and stuff. So. Yeah, both Andy and Dave from Erie were talking about like, oh, like everybody else in our like, you know, our other podcast friends are doing stuff. I ain't doing shit. I'm not doing anything. I'm just like sitting here. Yeah, I'm like, like, you know, don't try to elevate me. I'm happy just being like just right here, just steady in the middle, not really expanding my circle so much. You know, know, we do some fun stuff here in the show, though. But uh, they they mentioned that, too. You know, it's like. (laughs) 
they're still they're they're going to be podcasting forever. I, I think we might as might might as well be too, and uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's super fun. But I yeah, I just wanted to do yeah. a little bit more, and I was inspired by our other friends getting out there mm-hmm. making shit. And I was like, man, I've always talked about it. I should just do something. So put it out in the world. So, so Stephen Fisher, what's next for you? Oh, when's the next one? Um, when's part four coming out? I'm thinking about making a sequel to Good Burger. Um, I'm working on this script oh, okay. with David Lynch. You guys listen to those outtakes. Uh, it's gonna be really it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling it Good Titties. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be really great. It's a it's a strip club version where, uh, well, you'll you'll see you'll see whenever we get the script out there. But uh, yeah, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, or no, nah, yeah, th- we're gonna be something yeah. along the lines of uh, Burger Velvet. You know, kind of like a ooh, kind of like a something that ties in you know with the story of blue velvet but involves boogers and you know mystery oh <laughs> yeah you know i could be like uh i i was gonna say try to make like a Mulholland drive version of that too but i've actually never finished that movie because it's so fucking weird you ever finished that one chase actually that is one that i haven't seen yet i actually have not oh, seen yeah. Mulholland drive and uh another one that i'm sad to say that i haven't seen yet from him is lost highway i have not Ooh, Watch yeah, I've heard such good yet. things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that's one of his masterpieces as well, one of his uh, bizarre and abstract masterpieces, and that's right. something that I do need to watch as well. But uh, no, so I can't really comment too much on that. <laughs> well, uh, check out Mahal and Drive sometime, both of you, because it's fucked up. And uh, I stop it at the same part every time, and I think you'll know it when you hit it. But uh, you also get to see uh, some some hot ladies doing hot lady stuff. So uh, there's some good parts to it as well, and... Uh, overall, I'm 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 really lacking in my Lynch filmography. I only watched Twin Peaks for the first time in the last few years and uh, was fucking blown away by it. And uh, like like most people, and uh, but yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to making uh, Burger Velvet with uh, <laughs> with yeah. David Lynch coming out soon. Uh, we'll see you though. I don't know. I just got a, a new camera that uh that I've been wanting for a while. I got like a cinema like an old cinema camera and everything. So um used and and i'm excited just to, to try more things but um yeah be on the lookout we'll see but for right now i'm just happy to, to live in the glow of this movie you know i've not really seen i don't think i've seen any david lynch movie but i would like to pitch an idea for a movie title mm. um fire roasted tomato walk with me oh yeah that's like a sauce okay okay mm-hmm. tomato walk fire roasted <laughs> tomato walk with me <laughs> Sign it. You're like, carry the one. I'm like trying to, so what's the, uh, what's the tagline that I'm trying to come up with as far as like the, Mm. what's that one, that one line that's going to make me want to see the fire roasted tomato. This movie will jack you off. Oh, I'd go see a movie that would have that tagline. Absolutely. That's a ticket sold, you know? (laughs) Okay. get that. What's the full (laughs) theater rental? It was a full thought process though. He was like, I'll accept. Or something along the lines of sometimes it's good to catch up. You know? Hey, there you go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's pretty good uh, for for starting the show, if you don't mind, Brent, uh, that we should get into it. So we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where we are joined by a new guest today, a friend of mine from work and a friend of mine in general, Chase. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, Brent, you don't have any like food things today, right? Sodas or anything? No. Fun? All right, no. cool. We sometimes do like a mm-hmm. little soda chat or, or some kind of snack chat or whatever, but uh, uh, otherwise we get into many topics, which um, 
I, I don't really have much in the way uh, this week. I did want to mention that I, I went to a uh, a concert for uh, last week with uh, with our buddy James from work, and um, it was like uh, it's called like the Wet Hot American Summer Tour. So it had the All American oh. Rejects, uh, Get Up Kids, which is uh, oh, James's wow. favorite band. I'd never seen the Get Up Kids. I'd never heard of them before, and they're fucking great. Uh, it's like a lot of pop punk stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Who else was there? Uh, some other fucking people I can't remember right now. Um, uh, fuck. But uh, it was cool. I hadn't seen. I had seen the uh, All American Rejects twenty years ago in two thousand three with my wife when we were dating, and uh, so it was really fucking cool to kind of see them again. They hadn't really changed. Their songs were great as always. Uh, so that was good times. But uh, yeah, it was fun to get out and uh, go see a concert again and everything. I've been trying to get out more and do that, and that seems to be the one that'll get me out of the house. It's like concerts. It's like something different and cool. So. Yeah, uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, Chase, did you have any mini topics or anything you wanted to, to get into today? No, it's Just funny like that you mentioned watching. that. Well, no, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually ended up going to a concert this past uh, Friday as well. And this is a band that I've been wanting to see for two years at least. And they're one of those bands where they they they've been around for a couple. They've been around for a little while. They don't really play big venues, but they sell out at every small mm. venue that they play at. Awesome. And uh, you know, unique name. They're they're a band. They're actually I think they're, they're from El Paso, but they go by uh, Cigarettes After Sex. That's the name of the group. Um, you saw them at, very that was the night after our concert. Melancholy, awesome. very like dream popish, very just simplistic melodies with you know very simplistic drum beats. But what yeah. shocked me, um, and it's good music. It's great. I've been curious to see them, and but I was very kind of. Uh, disappointed with how short the show was. You know, the show didn't mm. even start till eight twenty, and then like by nine fifteen, you know, nine twenty, it's like they're already walking off the stage. So mm. I was like, "Wait, what?" That's like, really fucking fast. I'm like, I'm already buzzed, and like you guys are just now leaving. Like, you know, I <laughs> right. was like, you know, I, what is this? So, <laughs> um, a little disappointing. Yeah, it was it was definitely shocking and surprising. So like that's definitely probably the shortest concert I've ever been to <laughs> in my <Yeah>. life. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, and I'll give them credit; their discography isn't that much. I think they only have two albums, but mm. you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing here. But still, it's kind of like, well, I mean, it is what it is. I probably you know, but it was good to get out of the house for at least two hours and get stuck in Houston traffic for another hour. You know, right. just trying to get out of there. So that's always that's always a plus. That's always beneficial. Yeah, uh, they were playing. They played at Seven One Three Music Hall the night after we were there because uh, we saw yeah. them on the Billboard. My wife likes them a lot. She had shown me the song Apocalypse. That's like their yeah their main hit. Yeah. It's fucking great, man. I love that song. No, it is a great song, and that is like their trademark. Do your headphones die? So I apologize for that, gentlemen. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great show, very moody. You know, like I said, and, mm-hmm. and the weird thing about it is they sell out every time they go to, I mean, anywhere. Like, I've been trying to get tickets for these guys for two years. Oh, awesome, yeah. And uh, Finally get to see them. Oh, yeah. And like for I said, 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, I think I was, before my headphones cut off, I was talking about, um, talking about Neon Moon, and that was a very interesting take. They have also done a cover of REO Speedwagon's um, keep on loving you. And that was oh, actually the first song that I listened to from them. And it's such a different take on that song in general, mm-hmm. very unique perspective. And so they just kind of, they're one of those bands. I think they can really entrance you that can really just 
you have to be in that mood, but like they really just kind of reel you in. Some bands right. are just able to do that to me, while other ones I'm just kind of stagnant and just you know not really have any kind of effect. But all in all, it was a it was a good experience, short lived, but it was I was right. solid. Yeah, right on, man. I love finding bands, uh, either just hearing covers. I like covers in general, but uh, uh, there are people that I find because they did a cover and that kind of goes like viral or whatever. And you hear about it and they're like, oh, I like their music like yeah. that they make. That's cool, too. And then you have now, Stephen, you're you you like covers so much. Your wife, Amanda, has mentioned that you like to steal the covers. Yeah. Uh, but that's how do you a, respond to this? That's a different type of thing. And I stand by it. OK. Well, mm-hmm. All right. That's what marriage well. is all about. You heard it here first. Elbowing. Educational podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Compromises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for me. Not with blankets. Uh, this is all a lie. Uh, this is why this podcast is a lie and it's not true because Amanda does that to fucking me. She's the one that steals the blankets <laughs> and I wake up cold. So I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not even lying anymore. That, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, You don't uh, even have like luxurious hair to like <laughs> swaddle yourself with, you know? I got nothing, man. I, uh, cold. It's an attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That point, all, you can do, all you can do is just take a towel and just, you know, give yourself a nice shine, you know, just so right. that you can just kind of stand out. <laughs> if I rub it fast enough, though, it might cause a friction burn and then start a fire. So I thought, um, it, I thought you, know, that was, you try to look at. I thought that was supposed to bring you good luck, not bad luck. The or wait, my, that's Buddha's. That's Buddha's belly. Okay. Yeah, okay. I my head often oh. gets compared to Buddha's belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. People make the mistake all the time because I have a oh. belly button on my head. Uh, yeah. So. Have we not mentioned that? Yeah, before? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I wear hats. It's does just that, does that constitute as a third eye? Man, I wish because it is an Audi, you know, so it's it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't and you s- actually put one of the like Audi symbols right. on there, I like Audi the car. Yeah, I don't know why this yeah, is really like gross. You should have a disclaimer, like you know, just so that's why I always see you wearing a hat at work. Okay, exactly. Okay, uh-huh. that makes you sense. can't not because uh, <laughs> it's just like inappropriate. And I, I work around kids and they ask oh, questions. Yeah, and like that's a distraction. Mm, this yeah, guy? I, I could definitely see right. That. Okay. Yeah, it's just not a good look. Uh, but yeah. What can we put in there? It's nipplehead. <laughs> hey, look, it's nipplehead. <laughs> Episode title? Yeah. That should be a cool one. I love that Sounds one. Sounds like a, another David Lynch movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it does, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at Eraserhead. No, it's a sequel to Eraserhead. Exactly. Yeah. Starring Kel. Yes. Um. <laughs> 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 So, uh, Chase, yeah, we're here today to talk about The the Thing from 1982 and then The Thing from uh, 2011 was kind of added on. Um, uh, you had mentioned that. Did you end up watching that, Chase, as well, the both of them? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, I watched both of them today. I, started, I actually started with uh, the prequel first. And, okay, uh, I was curious mm-hmm. about that, yeah. Yeah, and then I decided to – actually, like I said, I just got done with – the 1982 version, you know, right. right, right before I got the email to, you know, do this. So I was like, okay, so I kind of timed it just right. That's pretty great, Perfect. man. Yeah. Um, and I was curious, you and I have talked a little bit uh, at work and stuff about um, your history with horror and like kind of the things you like. We both were bonding over loving John Carpenter so much. And then uh, you had mentioned like body horror in general, but uh, I was kind of curious, yeah, for your, your history, what, what you like in horror and everything. Well, I mean, with horror films, I was kind of, you know, I was the I had the pleasure and privilege of, you know, a, having a parent that allowed me to mm. watch those kind of films at a young age Hell yeah. because, you know, there were two things that, you know, I was that were or conditions that I would say. First one was know that this is make believe. And, you know, the mm. second one was do not by any circumstances use swear words. 
and then we'll <laughs> you know so i mean That's i guess i mean if i had to go really far back as far as like horror i think when alien 3 came out in 1992 mm. i was only five and i went to go see it in theaters my mother we used to go to the movies all the time when i was a kid mm. and I don't really know what she was thinking at that time. You know, it's not very common that you have, you know, parent take their five-year-old child into, you know, a film <laughs> such as that. David and, Fincher's Alien 3. Yeah, yeah, well, in his first film, yeah, his first yeah. film, actually. Um, but, you know, and then I walked out and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I was like, that's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> and... um you know, and since then I was hooked on the Alien franchises. Like I had to, because oh, yeah. they already owned VHS copies of the of the original two. So I was mm -hmm. like, I have to watch the other two films. And since then, like I'd never really. Plus, I never really got nightmares as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. I just had some weird, bizarre dreams every now and then. But like, I never really was scared. The only thing that scared me really as a child was the alien chest burster scene. That was from the, Oh yeah. That was the only one that like, I kind of would, Sticks with you. I would jump behind the couch and then I would occasionally yeah. just kind of pop up. And then I would ask like whoever was in there watching, I'd be like, Hey, is it done? Is it over? <laughs> you finished. So other than that though, and then that just kind of took off from there. I think that was the origin or the Genesis of, yeah, right you on. know, going down that, you know, rabbit hole of horror films. I love that you started the like it's so great with kids because you can just you know start anything and not really worry about the continuity or whatever. Uh, and I love that your introduction to Alien was Alien Three, which by mm -hmm. most accounts people don't really like. I don't remember seeing it. At, I mean, like I think I have, but not in years and years. Not really of any uh, like watching it, uh, you know, for, for 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 cinema or whatever. But uh, yeah, the first two are fucking classics. And uh, yeah, that's that's a great introduction. Do you still like three, or do you what's what's your order for the Alien movies? I think that three. I think that three doesn't get um, a lot of. I think there were some good things about the third film, especially mm -hmm. if you watch the director's cut. If you watch the yeah. the added, I think it's like thirty plus minutes that was added to the film. I think it gives it a different dynamic. Right. And I don't really. There were so many production flaws with that film. David Fincher just had. I mean, I don't know how many directors that they went through. They went through uh, different producers. They had like over three scripts, you know, there was just so much chaos on that, sh on that set. Mm. And David Fincher just had a lot to deal with. And he had a background with music videos before he jumped into this. Oh, I yeah, thought that right. he, I thought that he brought like a mm. very unique style to this film and you can mm. kind of see some of the things that he uses, some of the techniques that he used in the, that film to what he does now. And it's really been great to watch him develop. I just, I think it kind of, it doesn't age as well. It's not as good, obviously, as the original two. Ridley Scott's mm. original Alien is just a pinnacle of horror classic. Right. And great. Aliens, while it's still a horror film, it was marketed as a combat film more than anything mm. else. And the thing about those films is that they're good enough, even though they're sequels and they have continuity in them, they're able to stand on their own. They're able mm -hmm. to kind of stand separate from each other in their own rights. And I think that that's what makes a good franchise. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm curious. I think, Brent, you rewatched the Alien series like last year. Is that right? In in like 2021. Yeah, I went through and watched yeah. all the, the Alien movies in release order. And uh, yeah, third one's okay. You know, you should like, watch. It's, I think there's one that it's called like the Assembly Cut. 
that someone's released that's like like that like that yeah, you told me about that yeah, yeah. i'm curious yeah. for that one um because i haven't seen it in so long yeah i'd be curious to revisit it just that way mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. what i think yeah i uh i i watched that movie and then i read the like comic adaptation of uh god what's that guy's name he he wrote the original script for alien 3 that mm. the studio didn't use oh. and they're like mm. two totally different uh oh yeah stories but i mean uh, the, the, yeah, the was, one script they that they had was like the entire planet that this was supposed to take place on consisted of nothing but it was made out of wood and you know hmm. it was it it had a very religious like theme to mm. it as well. Mm-hmm. The production value alone for something like that would have probably been just astronomical for that time. And it just kind of, like I said, there was just so much wrong with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to make all these fucking trees out of cement and steel beams and mm-hmm. shit. And it's like, Jesus Christ, guys, yeah. like, get us kind of some fucking slack mm-hmm. here, you know? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Plant trees? Yeah. Come on. Trees don't grow on trees, guys. Yeah, let's just wait about, <laughs> let's just wait about 10 years until we can basically practically grow our own rainforest before we can start full production on this film. Principal Done. photography starts mm-hmm. eight years from now, guys. So That's right. You know, we, we should have like plenty of time to get a good script <laughs> yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking up David Fincher's video, like videography for music videos. I was curious what he had done because I've never really looked at like what his history or whatever and uh i think that we can all agree that uh alien 3 was influenced by his his music video for paula abdul's straight up so uh Ooh, never knew yeah. that was him he did do that, that blows my fucking mind yeah. <laughs> he did a few of her songs apparently uh he's got a, he's got quite a lot out there so oh yeah uh i'd be curious to to know what he had really did done. he do opposites attract as well with uh, mc scat cat the world's greatest rapper uh, that's also a cartoon right I, I wish uh, he did not. He did uh, "Forever Your Girl," so oh. mm-hmm. uh, and then he did he did one Nine Inch Nails song called "Only." I don't know that one. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, right on. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We did the first. Uh, we reviewed the first Nine Inch Nails album uh, a few years ago as well. The and, downward Spiral. Yeah, and I had never heard mm-hmm. uh, outside of their hits. Whatever, I'd never heard uh, their stuff before, and it was fucking killer. Uh, really, really kind of surprised me, but um, yeah, he's. Uh, He's got uh, quite a, quite a bit on there um, that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious about, and I'm glad that Alien Three uh, for such a tumultuous production did not fucking take Fincher out of our world. You know, like he stuck with it and made some of the best movies uh, of his era. You know, of our era, whatever. Hell so. yeah, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> um. uh, I hear he did uh, Blues Brothers 2000. You know, yeah, yeah. Romeo and Michelle. Yeah. He, he's just like he's out there. Hit after hit. He's a cool cat. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he probably did an episode of Friends too. I think he might have done. Oh a, yeah, maybe episode. two of them. Maybe. Yeah, the one that's directed by David Fincher is the name of it. It's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> one. one. I did Fincher, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right on, man. Um, so if you guys are cool with it, I think we'll just uh, we'll get in the main topic. We'll do a non-spoiler and then some spoilers. Um, do you want to do? I'm not even sure how to do this the best way. Like movie by what movie. Are we, why don't we start with the 2011 one okay. since it is technically a prequel. a prequel right on i'm down and, with that you know who knows how much stuff we have to, to say about that but then like i feel like the the meat and potatoes of gotcha. this is going to be the the 1982 right movie. on uh i'm down with that yeah so let's do a uh, non-spoiler version right now uh of of uh the 2011 the thing this is the first movie of its kind that i remember being named like the same thing and it really fucking bugging me at least um i hate that i have to refer to the, the thing 1982 now um and now i've grown to be okay with that because so many movies do it like 
uh, Halloween, mm -hmm. you know, and like I'm fine calling it 2018. And then sometimes I'll refer to Halloween or Halloween original or, or 78 or whatever. But uh, yeah, so this one, I remember when it came out, I um, I saw it like once uh, and then I saw it uh, since since Chase had mentioned that you were going to watch it. Uh, I mentioned that to Brent and Brent was like, well, I, I, I'll fuck watch that. So I was like, well, I'll watch it mm -hmm. too, you know. Uh, so we all ended up doing that one just kind of a surprise. Um, but yeah, I uh, it had some good people in it. It has some good moments, but um, just doesn't have the same weight, the same feeling as the original to me. So uh, but I'm definitely curious for your thoughts. Uh, Chase, you're the one that that first suggested or that you said you're going to watch this one. So uh, what are your thoughts? What do you remember, like first watching this one and that kind of stuff? Well, you know, what I first remember watching the, the, this version of it is that I felt that there were some some good points to it, but I felt that there also was, I mean, the thing about this film is that you pretty much watch this one, you pretty much have also watched the 82 version as well. I mean, the plot is <laughs> yeah. pretty much essentially the same um, as far as even the action sequences are even some mm. they mirror exactly right. what the original film has in it in so, in some ways. Um the difference obviously is is that the characters are obviously the same. This one obviously explores what happened, you know, right before the original uh, 1982 mm -hmm. version happened. I thought that that kind of ties in uh kind of well. Um mm -hmm. also this film features something that we didn't see at all in the, you know, original 82 film. And that's the introduction of two female characters. Uh, that's right. I was going to say women <laughs> exist in the first yes. movie or the 2011 so, one. Yeah. yeah. So we did, it was an all male cast, obviously in 82, but with this one, we had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is yeah. the main kind of, I guess you can call her the McCready of right. basically this film, the rational one, the one that basically is, kind of spearheading the movement and trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on. Right. Um, so, you know, and with you said about it, not holding the same kind of weight to it, you know, I agree because the practical effects or the CG effects, you know, mm. obviously that are reused in this film, it just doesn't capture the practical, the practical effects that were done in the eighties, right. you know, the makeup, the time and effort that it took to basically do all of this. Um, it just, doesn't hold the same intensity it doesn't hold the same type of you know irrational fear that you would basically want to yeah. have but i will say that there are some good moments and um it we we kind of get answers to some things that were kind of left behind with the 82 version we kind of figure out what happens in certain in you know certain scenes like I think in the 82, when we see the burnt corpses in the beginning of the film, we figured out, oh, where did that creature actually come from? Right. So, you know, and we did kind of explore a little more of the background, I guess, of this life form a little bit in some ways. So there were some good moments to it. And I thought it actually did very a, a good job of tying in to the original film mm -hmm. um, where it just kind of leaps jump uh, kind of leaps right into it yeah i'm intrigued by you watching it first i i thought about that but um i ended up watching it as like release order uh watching the uh, 82 one first and then the 11 but because they fit together like that i, I was definitely curious of that so um yeah intriguing for sure mm -hmm. uh mr brent well what were your thoughts Hello. on this well this is my first time watching Ooh. this movie 
Uh, I have only seen the original thing like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in its entirety. So I was hyped to rewatch it because I was so excited. Or I, I enjoyed it so much the first go round. And then I'd heard a lot of things about the 2011 thing. And I was like, is this going to be some kind of revolt and development that, that pops up its head or whatever? And then because, uh, you know, people kind of generally shit on CGI right. all the time for any reason whatsoever. Mm. So I'm like, OK, so CGI is not going to be great. I'll just know that going in. Steven, I was watching this movie and I was like, this doesn't look half bad. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like people just love the OG movie right. so much for it's just hard rightly make, so yeah. because it is a fucking classic and it is just like genuinely good. Like the sense of paranoia that comes with it is great. The 2011 movie doesn't really have that much paranoia, but also, you know, if you've seen the original The Thing, then you you kind of have a baseline for what you want from that type of movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't the 2011 movie doesn't quite get there, but Still, I thought it was, like, enjoyable for the most part. And, uh, you know, watching the 2011 movie and then immediately watching the 1982 movie, there were certain scenes uh, from the original one that we get to see, like Chase said, in its, like, full development. Mm. You know, you kind of get to explore the the space uh, in the, the 2011 movie. So when I saw it in the 1982 movie... God, this timeline's confusing. Uh, <laughs> I I was like, hey, I know that place. So you watched... That the, place makes sense to me. The 2011 one first as well? Did I get that yes. right? Yes. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I should... I don't know what one now. I, I think this is the best way to watch these movies, mm-hmm. Stephen, because even though you may not like the 2011 movie... You get to finish on the 1982, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, you go right into it. It's, it's great. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a great way yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's like, you know, watching Alien 3 first. Let's just get the shit out of the way, <laughs> and then, let's just move, then we can have the meat and potatoes of it, you know, at the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to say, too, that uh, I had I, did, I didn't have time with work and sleeping and whatever, but I had really wanted to watch the, uh, the Thing from Another World, the original 1951 mm-hmm. film version of yeah. this story. And uh, I love that, too, because they he put he puts that that's what they're watching when they're carving pumpkins in Halloween. And I don't remember actually ever seeing this movie. I think my, my dad's a big like sci fi uh, B movie fan, like a lot of old stuff. And we might have put it on at one point. But I, I briefly toyed with the idea of not watching the thing 2011 oh. and just watching this one and talking about it with you guys until see how long it took for us all to be like, oh, we watched a different prequel. Got it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I didn't have time, unfortunately. So I'm going to try to put that one on eventually uh, this season. But this Halloween season. That's but. That's funny because I toyed with the idea of instead of watching either of these the thing <laughs> movies to watch the first two Fantastic Four movies mm, and just see how far right. I can get. Be like, and hey, the Silver Surfer comes in, wow. right? You remember that part? That's just wild. But you'd have to watch those movies is the problem. I just don't think I want to torture Steven, myself with that again. So you know, hey, right? I have fun with those movies. You know, listen, sure, Galactus is a cloud. Okay, <laughs> none of us are happy about this. You know, I mean, it's got it's got Captain America in it, and it's got Jessica Alba in it. So the, that's the two things going for it. And I do like Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. So the second one's got yeah. that going for it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, man, oof, those are not for me. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. next time though, man, maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll have a, a misadventure in, in filmmaking or you know film watching at some point. So, 
Yeah. I would love that. Um, but yeah, so uh, we can do a little spoiler talk as well for uh, for the 2011 thing. Um, so yeah, Chase, you were alluding to it, but um, yeah, the way that it ends was probably my favorite part. When like I knew that it ended with the dog that starts the 1982 film and the helicopter people chasing him and shooting at it stuff. Uh, but I when it all kind of comes together at the very end, and not only that, but it's kind of playing out through the credits and stuff, and you start to see the characters that they had they find in the 1982 film that when yeah. they go find this research facility like there's like a, a guy with like his throat slit and blood mm-hmm. like frozen down his arms and stuff and exactly. it's, it looks pretty cool in the original and it looks pretty cool in this one like they matched it pretty well and all of a sudden at the mm-hmm. end i like i don't know i'd probably say the movie for me was like not very great like it, i was kind of watching the background it just wasn't at my favorite and probably because i watched the 82 one first and that one's so so classic but uh, mm-hmm. Once I got to the end, I was I kind of gave it another point. It kind of notched up for me. So uh, yeah, yeah, I did like I did like how it ended and go straight into that. It was kind of cool. So well, you know, and, and I think what I one of the positive points I give the 2011 film is that they did match a lot of the aesthetics that um, were basically in the first film and the original one, mm-hmm. um, especially in the chamber where they did find uh, the alien creature. Um, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. match the room, even the detail as far as like him jumping through the roof. That was something that when you see oh, the original, huh. you see an opening in the roof. And hmm. I thought that they did a pretty good job of basically kind of mirroring that and, you know, having that yeah, kind cool. of layout. And, you know, at the end, when you hear that score that John Carpenter had yeah. composed, when you hear that bump, 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 you know that shit's getting real. You know, right. and they even what they did is they even kept the same text for the credits. Hmm. They even basically, oh, that's cool. and so I thought that that was another way, which I've always been a big fan of that kind of lettering text that John Carpenter uses a lot of in his classical film. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, it just looks very just looks good. Kind of cool. Right. And, you know, they kept that same lettering and text even for this one. So yeah, I found right. that there were little ways that they were paying homage to, you know, John Carpenter's version of it. But, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and like I said, they even kept, like I said, even with the CGI animation, uh, there were there were a lot of things that they kept very similar to the original creatures. You know, like I said, when that two headed creature that was found, Mm. you know, yeah, they they gave you an explanation of basically they tied in. Well, how did that creature come to be? How did they find it? And yet, you know, they they displayed that because when they found Mm -hmm. it in the original version, yeah, they found it the same way it was destroyed in the in the 2011 version so i think for continuity purposes i think they did a pretty good job of doing that and kind of holding the static and slowly kind of just paying homage to you know john carpenter's original at the same time yeah for sure uh brent any spoilers for you uh i've mostly forgotten what that movie was about because i just knew it was a prequel going in so i kind of uh i i had my eye toward that right i was trying to pick up on like plot points and stuff from uh the like in the 2011 that is mirrored in the 1982 mm-hmm. one i i couldn't figure anything out it you know i've only seen the 82 one yeah. once a couple of years ago so i was just like kind of just anticipating getting back to it and uh and sitting <clears throat> excuse me sitting in that paranoia mm-hmm. uh which is like so much fucking fun to uh to like as a as a viewer right you just got 
to like sit in the like awkwardness. It's almost like cringe horror in a way because mm. it's just like, ugh, he's gonna you know touch that thing to a petri dish. What's gonna happen? Yeah. Oh, little gross <laughs> things popping out. Uh, but we really didn't get much of that in this newest one. Uh, we got the fucking guy from uh, Dumber Dumberer uh, oh, yeah. in there, Eric Christian Olson. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah there you go, Eric Christian Olson. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was yeah. gonna be in the next best thing, uh, next big thing a while ago. Cause he was on this show called get real on Fox for like, it just lasted like less than a season even. Uh, but mm. his, he, he was played one of three siblings and his siblings were Jesse Eisenberg and Anne Hathaway. Oh my and God. And he was in the middle and I was like, Oh my God, they're all going to be huge stars. And then they were, and he's not, <laughs> and it's kind of weird. Holy shit. Yeah. I think I watched oh, that yeah? show right on. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember even what it's wow, about. That's right. Yeah. Just like a family drama or whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I remember liking him a ton then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I thought I had heard that the 2011 movie was filmed with mostly practical effects, but then hmm. the studio like interfered and said, "No, we need like CGI oh, in there or whatever." That's wild. But I yeah, I, maybe I just made that up. I actually, I think I did hear something about that. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I just yeah. said it. You probably heard it <laughs> well, from me. I mean, on this, on this episode. I just got to double up, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. There we you go. know where Brent's been. You always got to double up. Did I hear an echo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> I heard an echo. I'm full of things. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, well, the one thing that bothered me about the new film, but I was kind of like, it's Hollywood, so you're not going to get away from this, is that uh, in the in the original one, I think Kurt Russell's McCready keeps saying that like they were Swedish or something, but they're, they're like uh, Norwegian uh, outpost. That, yeah. And then in this movie, they're like, we're going to get all the Americans we can. And bring him into this, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're, we, you're a paleontologist? We need to know you. Oh, you're American? Great. You can speak English on camera? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of looking forward to to seeing... I, would, I wouldn't mind a subtitled movie with this and, like, a, a real Norwegian cast, you know? Uh, they did have some people, at least a lot of their names uh, seemed Norwegian. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to make it English anyway. So, small nitpick from me. Yeah. I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that's not... You don't like subtitles anyway, bad. so you would have been like, I'm out, I'm not even watching this shit. Yeah, I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll put this thing on mute, fucking you know, read. With the drop of a hat, you know? <laughs> I'll, I have I put, like, black electrical tape over the bottom part of my screen just in case, you yeah. know? I, I like to make my own letterbox yeah, on a movie. Do your own fucking yeah. thing. Right I just prefer my, Can't uh, risk it. prefer my own interpretation of things, you know? Like, I'm, a, I'm yeah. not going to go with what the script says. I'm just going to go with how I feel. Exactly. Listen, <laughs> hard to argue with that yeah. man uh any final thoughts from anybody for uh for the 2011 the thing well chase well i think what what really cracks me up is you know how they conduct basically in both films they have that test sequence mm-hmm. well you know in the 2011 one they they decided that okay well let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and see, let's open everybody's mouth and see basically like right. they have feelings and I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, is that the only way you're determining to help? So are you <laughs> suggesting that all Norwegians like have bad teeth? You know, so <laughs> I was just kind of like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just kind of thought that was funny, you know, from that standpoint. But, you know, it's a funny addition to the story. Yeah. When it happened, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and like they, they're like, so you're, you're going to like say I'm an alien because I have good teeth. Well, yeah, it's like yeah apparently I mean, at least they had somebody say well oh, i have porcelain feelings so it's like you can't right. tell oh okay we'll just go stand over there but mm-hmm. right we don't trust i this thought that was showed. that was kind of like my little you know funny moment you know of mm-hmm. that film mm-hmm. so 
I felt like there should have been a scene where they're like, and Sven, what about you? He's like, okay, but let me show you. He unzips his pants, bends <laughs> over. He's got his taint pierced. It's like, I tried no. to warn you. There's the middle plate. Yeah, it's here. It's here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, Noirs. That's great. Go stand over there. Yeah. yeah. It's a good look. Thank you for showing. Yeah. Uh, hey, you're human. Yeah, we uh, did it, okay? <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, overall, I, I think I'll stick with the original. Uh, I'm glad I watched this one again, though. I, I tend to, you know, watch movies like this, uh, like the 2011 one, once, and then, you know, kind of write them off. But uh, then, like, after a decade, it's kind of like, yeah, I want to try it again, though, and see. And um, at the end of the day, too, it's, it feels like, oh, like, why would you make a prequel to The Thing? It's a classic. It's like, The Thing is a fucking remake. It just happens to be a really good one. But um, yeah. even itself, you know, did this kind of thing. Huh. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, more power to him for, for making it. I, too, wanted to watch the uh, the OG. It was like from the 50s or yeah, whatever. Like the one that you mentioned earlier, yeah. the thing from another planet. Yeah. Or another world. Uh, mm. No, another planet. OK, don't ever correct okay. me on air. <laughs> OK, don't hit me. But uh, I, I wanted to <laughs> okay. uh, to watch that as well, but I, I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. So I uh, oh, I didn't didn't do it. So, huh? Not even yeah, like but, uh, or some shit. Man, that's crazy. No, no, it was just like rentable on Apple TV or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, eh, you know what? I, I got a, a full deck for horror stuff for this uh, yeah. this fucking show. So, you know, uh, I, I just kind of eased up on it. Yeah, but, right on, right on. Uh, I, I did think the 2011 one was uh, enjoyable enough, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you can't beat that 1982 one. Yeah. Uh, but, Stephen, I, I feel like your approach and being able to say, hey, you know what? It's been a decade. Right, right. What if I just throw this on again? You yeah. know, so uh, when we're still doing this podcast in 10 <laughs> years from now, I'll tell you, hey, watch the 2011 one and then watch the 1982 one well, and then watch the one that was remade in a, a night or I'm sorry, 2033. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, there's bound to be another one at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's bound to be another one at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Remakes will mm-hmm. never go out of style in Hollywood now. I mean, that's just. It's definitely not now. Yeah. This is the way now. No. I mean, this is how yeah. they do it. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it is what it is. And and I think that like the, the, the thing from 1982, like is one of a few. There's like the thing, the fly and the blob, all the movies remade from the oh. 50s. Uh, that are fucking stellar. Um, they're way better than their original counterparts, and uh, they stand the test of time now. And those other ones are maybe fun and nostalgic, but they're like I've heard. I've never seen the original Blob, but I'm a huge fan of the '80s Blob. And uh, people are like, "Yeah, the original kind of sucks. It's not even that fun." And the new one is really great. So uh, sometimes you know they break through, and they're actually like classics in their own right. I feel like modern ones tend to feel more like a paycheck, or you know, I don't know, just getting it out there. But um, they can. What be did good. you? So. What did you think the think of the blob from 2009, Stephen? Uh, I don't remember a blob from 2009. You don't remember him in X-Men Origins Wolverine? <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Wolverine gets in a boxing match, fights the blob. Speaking of a prequel I didn't need, yeah, like, <laughs> man, I forget oh. about that movie. Jesus. The blob was in that, too? The blob is in it. Yeah. Wow, and Deadpool. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All they the, really knocked it out of the park the with that way, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Well, right on. Uh, let's move on to a non-spoiler version of the 1982 The Thing. And uh, yes. so we can talk about that for a little bit. Um, generally, I didn't even really mention this last time. We, we tried to say, like, cast list and stuff. But our main focus here was the 82 one anyway. But uh, for, the, for the 2011, uh, real quick, uh, you had said Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton. Totally didn't know that fucking guy was in that movie. Um, so that mm-hmm. was kind of fun. Uh, Eric Christian Olsen, as we mentioned, uh, a lot of other people I don't really know from, from much. Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. I, Echo from lost. 
Mr. Echo from Lost. Which one is that? Is that Ottawale? He was the the black guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know his name, but I couldn't recognize uh, him for anything. You also had that yeah. one. You also had that one guy who ended up being in Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, we've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. We're not we're we're not really we don't get it. Oh well, missed out on that one. Yeah. Do you know which one it was? Mm-hmm. Which person? It was like what he played. Was it the no. chair? Yeah, the chair. Yeah, sure. No, I thought they were in every film. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, the guy with the thick red beard. Really? Oh, okay, right on. Oh yes. Oh yes. He's in uh, Fast and Furious Eight. Yes. Oh okay, right on. I he yeah. shows up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he's not in my thing right here. Oh man, I don't know if this is him. Their names are crazy. Trond, Trond Espensaim. I don't know if that's him or not, but uh, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So for the uh, the nineteen eighty two the thing, obviously it stars uh, Kurt Russell mm-hmm. as uh, McCready, Keith David as Childs, Wilford Brimley, uh, Mister Beatus himself as Doctor Blair, mm-hmm. uh, T K Carter as Nulls, uh, Richard Mazur. I forgot that guy was in it. He's he's like a character actor I love too. Um, David Clinton, uh, David Moffat, Tom G. Thomas G. Waits. Um, who else we got? Uh, Richard Dysart. He's Doctor Copper. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Kurt Russell fucking knocks it out of the park in this movie. It's <clears throat> he's a fantastic actor, and uh, but man, uh, watching this now, I realize how much uh, his son looks like him. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, they're in that Wyatt. new Monarch movie. What is it? White. Wyatt Russell. Yeah, yeah. I thought you just said mm-hmm. White, because <laughs> prior to getting on this <laughs> on this what episode, a great name. what a great name. <laughs> Brett did did call me out for uh, for all white people look the same. So uh, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, he just looks like him. <laughs> he's white. Uh, he looks like you right now, Stephen. I don't get yeah, it. I appreciate that. Um, Wyatt Russell looks very much like Kurt Russell does in this movie, uh, like with his big beard and stuff. And uh, they're both in that Monarch show, the new uh, like Godzilla show. That's I'm excited. Yeah, hell so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, he's fucking great. Keith David, Mr. Uh, Voice of Goliath himself. Oh my god, fucking also, great. And Spawn. Yeah, I was gonna say Spawn. Yeah, that was. A oh mm-hmm. right. Yeah, he's fucking great, man. Um, yeah, so many great people in this. Uh, but yeah, so uh, non-spoiler talk. Uh, I'm curious for uh, Chase. You want to hit us up with your history of of this movie and uh, um, just like non-spoiler thoughts. What do you think of it? Well, I mean, this this film, obviously, in my opinion, is probably John Carpenter's best film. Um, oh, this, right on. this one really kind of just hit home uh, for him. I thought he kind of brought everything that he had in his arsenal up to this point. Uh, to really make this film and it really helped that this was also the third collaboration that he did with Kurt Russell um, in such a short oh, amount. Wow. So the first, yeah. the first film they did together was back in the, I think it was 78 or 79 when they did that Elvis uh, made for TV oh, uh, production. Crazy. <clears throat> so wow, that, was, Had no that idea. was the first time they worked together. And then uh, obviously with 1981, the uh, one year prior, they did escape to mm. uh, escape from New York. Hell yeah. Uh, cult classic, uh, Snake Plissken, best anti-hero ever. Mm. Uh, so, you know, talk about sequels time. that come out years later, like a decade later that like don't live up quite as much like escape from LA, you know? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it was very campy, but I mean, I yeah. think for all intents and purposes, I mean, I, it's a cheesy good time. Still fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, with, with the thing, it kind of takes all the elements that John Carpenter kind of, you know, had done in in the past. And what makes the thing such an interesting film too, is that I felt like for a horror film, it kind of crossed over different types and genres of horror. 
So it's mm -hmm. not only just basically a science fiction, but it's also in some ways it can also act as a slasher film. It can also basically mm, yeah. act as a mystery. Whereas mm -hmm. hey, like what's really happening here, like who's who yeah. that type of thing. And so, and to add in that he does composes his own scores and his own music. I think that's one of the most haunting music scores I've heard in motion picture history. And uh, yeah, I looked up, I thought he did the thing as well, but as uh, it's Ennio Morricone. Oh, he, um, yeah. So he, I guess Carpenter uh, did some of it. And then he has a, another collaborator that provided some of the synth scores, but uh, he, he wanted like a European sound to it. Um, so it's got, he basically like, it's not like, uh, you know, like good, bad and the ugly or whatever. It's like, like a typical Mar uh, Marconi. It's like, he did like the, like John Carpenter sounds or whatever. Okay. Um, and basically they were working together and then he was like, why do you even need me? Like you do your own shit. It's great. You know? Uh, but man, it's so good. It's like, it's simple. I, I love his scores cause they're simple and, uh, they just fit the tone of the movie always so well. It's one of the, the, the best marriages of, of music to film, I think, uh, in his films. So. Oh yeah, very very simple, very to the point. You know, fits yeah. the tone and sets the vibe, sets the mood very well for what's going to happen. Very ominous. Yeah, yeah, just for sure. Very very sinister. You know, and like just like thumping noises. I don't know. Like uh, with my short film, I was working on everything. I'm very John Carpenter inspired in general. I think, but uh, definitely my scores because it's just easier to like you. Anybody can pick up like a MIDI keyboard and just make some sense noises it's it's harder to replicate like a, an actual orchestra there's a lot better tools out there nowadays available to everybody but i still just kind of rely on like the simple stuff and that's kind of what what i go for and then i realized like afterwards i, I saw my wife the other day and she was like oh i like this new thing you did with like the third one and i was like yeah i'm pretty sure i stole it from john carpenter i'm not sure though like they just all sound like his and i'm constantly just like did i is this something out there i don't know about yet uh but yeah his his shit's awesome um and yeah this one in particular this movie as you said yeah is uh one of his best for sure i still i think halloween is probably just my favorite because it's one of my favorite horror films but um yeah that the the thing is is really working its way up there in my, my brain so mm -hmm. it's pretty rad what about you brent hi hello um i like this movie <laughs> i will just put that up on front street mm -hmm. here uh so a lot of the stuff I have to say, uh, I will say in the spoiler side of it, but one thing I feel like I can mention is the poster to this movie, yeah. which is fucking wonderful. Fuck it's another yeah. Drew Struzan joint. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the whole idea behind this poster uh, and like why it's so legendary is in part because it was allegedly painted and delivered to the studio within 24 hours yeah. and I pulled up this article to to read a bit more about it and he was talking about how he wasn't really given direction mm -hmm. about the movie he uh, just kind of uh, they didn't tell him what this the, the at the time modern movie was about he just kind of knew about the old one from the 50s so uh, he just ended up painting the whole thing and uh, knocking it out and like I said delivering it to the movie studio uh, within that 24 hour period and he said here uh, in fact when they put it under the glass to photograph it the paint stuck to the glass oh, because the thing was still wet Holy shit. now until I read the sentence because the thing was still wet, I never thought about the thing, the movie monster being horny. But now that's like all I can focus on. And I don't like body horror, so it's like, you know, kind of gross, but I'm like still like somewhat intrigued or whatever, you know? But uh, I do think it's fucking awesome. I, uh, yeah, I love that poster. You know, 
it's like a, a poster like this uh, this man this monster like uh, it's a it's a, a fucking snow suited person mm-hmm. and then like glowing light out of the face which really doesn't happen in the movie no, yeah but i'm like you know i fucking still dig it yeah it's one of those 80s things it's like the posters didn't actually match what was in the film but it gets you to like go to see it you know uh and it's it, such it a fucking classic. works yeah it does man it sells it a does. ticket you know think, yeah that poster's wet you're right and i think that's kind of a big ingredient for a lot of films that came out around that time around that era yeah. sometimes just simple is better and not trying right. to overcomplicate, mm-hmm. not try to over dilute something and let you know let it be more to the imagination and i think mm-hmm. that, that also like has a tendency to drive in more viewers even when it comes to the music and when it comes to the advertising like you said the poster it leaves much to the imagination and it leaves to the ambiguity of it and it doesn't reveal yeah much. So, you know, it's kind of like you just never yeah. know what you're going to get. You have to pay to see it. You got to watch it. Yeah. And it kind of works that way. Mm-hmm. It's funny, too, because it, it kind of matches the simplicity of John Carpenter and stuff, like the brilliance, but the simplicity of his, his you know, thumping music and stuff and just the way he shoots films. But uh, Drew Struzan is generally like he does like Indiana Jones and Harry Potter posters where they're very painterly and uh, have like the floating heads, essentially, but they look beautiful and um he does much more intricate ones usually but this one is i don't think it's like out of his realm it's just different than those and uh but it's also is like so fucking brilliant so i don't know it's like yeah. you, you match that to the film as well and uh man it just really sells the whole thing so uh it really does it's uh it's eye-catching it just makes you want to slap your sweet aunt petunia oh, like it's just okay it's so fucking good yeah. i just I really enjoy it from from uh tutor to snooter when i was making the uh the posts for our like uh the the list of movies we'll be watching yeah, yeah. for this month uh i each of those individual movies have a different like uh background color associated with them and i did that because i mm-hmm. couldn't bring myself to make like an orange bordered post with a blue the thing poster <laughs> so i changed like all of them to like match the posters because of this fucking That's movie funny. poster it's just so you could fucking the, iconic the to me. Bay. yeah I, I i couldn't i couldn't do it no wow. yeah yeah right on man <laughs> um did you guys want to go ahead and just get into spoiler territory then so we can really talk yeah. about this thing yeah. Let's go and do it. Yeah. So as we said, uh, this will be spoilers from here on out. And uh, yeah. So, man, I just really fucking love this movie. It's uh, the paranoia ratchets up so well. Um, I think the the characters, uh, especially versus the other one, that that's my thing with the. Uh, with the, the 2011 version, <laughs> I know. Every time I, anybody says the thing, I fucking crack up inside. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's the the paranoia in this one uh, really is like palpable, and um, and all the mm-hmm. even though it doesn't have any uh, female characters in it, I at the, I don't know. It fits that time, like uh, in the 80s. That I don't know that it, it would just be like a bunch of men, you know, uh, in Antarctica, Antarctica, or whatever, and um like research just doing guy stuff. shit you know yeah. just hanging around an antarctic base yeah. wearing roller skates going room <laughs> to room you know yeah not to mention that you know the ability the fact they actually had weed in antarctica too i love that dude that was so fucking yeah. funny man they had a stoner they had they had a stoner in the film yeah you know? so every every horror movie's got to have a stoner or you know yeah. somebody who's you know on that on that frame so yeah which was that one was that fuchs <laughs> that was palmer palmer okay palmer was the uh well he, he a, and then he was like passing it over yeah, to yeah. the guy in the the bunk next to him yeah, yeah i love that so, he was shared it yeah. yeah oh yeah and uh yeah that was i don't know like that felt like a very 80s thing as well and uh kind of like you say like this is partly like a slasher film and that that definitely fits in with like slasher horror movies 
uh, like we we just did the Friday the Thirteenth movies, like the the first trilogy for the Friday the Thirteenth, and um, all of those have like a little bit of weed in them. So uh, yeah, it just kind of mm-hmm. fits that era and everything. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say Friday the Thirteenth really set the rules for how right. to really survive horror films. And, you know, that yeah. is, you know, of course, the, the usual don't go into the woods, don't do drugs in the woods, don't have sex in the woods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try. To- I feel like people shouldn't have sex at all. Oh, that's just okay. my stance. It's a bold. I've grown back my virginity. <laughs> so you're male hymen. You can actually. You can, <laughs> yes. You can actually do that. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'll show you how, you know. <laughs> People that have listened to this podcast long enough uh, believe it. How about you tell tell me first in subtitles? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how to spell good, so, you know. (laughs) Gotta take some time. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, uh, all I can think is you're fucking... I'm picturing the effects from the thing with you growing back your virginity. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's the problem. My main problem with body horror is like, oh, this is like when I grew my virginity oh, back. Yeah, this is exactly what it looks time. like. It was this violent and red looking. <laughs> there were antennas popping out of certain places, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> head spinning around, you know. Which head, exactly, man, terrifying. Yeah. Um, was there some weird jagged tooth snout involved? <laughs> I don't know, probably, you know. I, uh... I'm not a. Hu- I gotta see a specialist. <laughs> I'm not a huge body horror fan, but I, I like gore yeah. and I I like body horror movies. Um, this one though, and I remember Brent when you watched this the other year, you were really <laughs> grossed out by it. But I was like, it's so it fucking really is, good yeah. though. Like it's just a it genuinely is. good movie. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think you you grew into it and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, Chase, you said to me like you like body horror stuff in general, like like Cronenberg and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, David Cronenberg, I think, is the master of body horror. And yeah. what makes body horror kind of intriguing to me is the psychology that plays into it. Because mm. the fact of the matter is, is that you have no control at all of what's happening to you. The actual yeah. fear of the me- of metamorphosis and changing when you have no idea what's going on with you. Mm. A classic example of that would be his 86 version of The Fly, which is a masterpiece. Mm. Yeah. Um, basically it's like at that time, you know, they equivalated that mutation to, let's say what was going on in America with the AIDS pandemic with, you mm-hmm. know, or cancer, you know, it's just that you have no control over what is yeah. happening to you. And that is the biggest fear of it all is, and that's a common fear that a lot of people mm-hmm. have is not fear right. that they just don't have control over themselves in any capacity. You know, something yeah. as like an insect, for example, that's literally growing inside of you and transforming everything about you, even your personality and everything down to your core. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like that's the Jeff Goldblum one. Yeah. Right? Man, I remember seeing that on TV back oh, in the day. Yeah. So it had to be like edited for content or whatever, you know. But uh, the scene that like haunted me for a long time was that like fantasy sequence where that woman gives birth to like a maggot or yeah. whatever. I was like, oh, that is so fucking gross, man. <laughs> like, I can't imagine just, like, strolling down, like, fucking Yancey Street one day, and then, like, a goddamn maggot just pops out of your butt. <laughs> that's that's fucking gross, man. That is, ugh. I don't like Not that. Like, I think that actually happens to mm-hmm. some people, you know? So, I mean, it's... 
Well, more mm-hmm. power to them for you know getting through that kind of deal. But <laughs> disgusting. I don't want to. I don't want to mm. a part of this conversation. <laughs> I, <can't imagine. laughs> I guess this is why people don't like body horror. <laughs> I was gonna say instead of body horror, this is like potty hey, horror. Oh. Is what this is. It's like a, a podcast version of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's fucking gross. It is gross. Uh, but yeah, it's like the like we had mentioned before too. Yeah, the the fly is another fantastic remake, fucking classic movie. Um, I've never seen the original, but the Jeff Goldblum one is is fucking great. Um, I'm curious, uh, have you guys seen the the 1988 The Blob? Because you totally should. Um, I probably did once. I know I've seen bits and pieces of it. There are certain right scenes on. of that film that I remember, but as far yeah. as like um, in its entirety, no, I don't think I have. Right on. I mean, I haven't either. I've, I feel like, uh, again, you know, I've seen Wolverine Origins, uh, you know, so, <laughs> several times. X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> and uh, in that movie, he, uh, the blob fights Wolverine while, you know, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas stands <laughs> oh idly God, by. I, I kind of get the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I've heard that the blob from uh from the 80s is good i just i just haven't seen it it's pretty rad. is it like flubber is it it's the same thing as flubber, flubber yeah um, okay i'm trying to look it up right now i to see who had made it i think it's uh i'm gonna look it up uh it's charles russell um he had done some other stuff i think it was uh written by some 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 good people though too but it's it's the same kind of way it's like a remake of an old 50s movie that exceeds the original it has a lot of gross mm. body horror stuff to it because like, it's like a blob that is like um you know uh digesting people but you can see it's like translucent so you can see like body parts and oh. shit uh yeah it's uh it's written by a uh, co-written by frank darabont who uh did like shawshank redemption oh. and went on to like the walking, walking dead, dead. Stuff. right right so mm-hmm. it's got like a good pedigree to it but uh, it's also just mm-hmm. like fucking creepy and uh i would recommend it as a good trilogy of the thing the fly and then the blob um oh how interesting because it just looks this is like I a like picture this. from it Okay. All yeah, right. it's well, fucking great, right? Brent loves what, it. Why? <laughs> no, I don't know about why? that. Anyway, I'd recommend it. It's pretty rad. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, any specific notes for this one you guys want to talk about? Um, anything in particular? Well, we we can't get too far into this movie without acknowledging that uh, you know Kurt Russell's McCready, right? Mm. So he's a sore loser because he loses that that chess game, forces <laughs> drink directly in that right, fucking right. contraption. That's how I play chess. So I, I I feel you, Kurt Russell. And then also his fucking hat is yes. ridiculous, but I fucking love it. I, put a note I don't know how too. I made it up to 2021, not ever seeing this movie and then watching it for the first time. And I was like watching it with a group of people who had seen this movie before. I was like, his hat, his hat, the guy's his hat. What about his hat? And they're like, yeah, I fucking know. And I'm like, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Where's it the whole it's movie? Right. Pharrell ain't got shit yeah. on him. You honestly, know? honestly, he makes Indiana Jones look like a wuss with that hat. Yeah. I mean, that hat is like bit, yeah. challenging to yes. him. Right. For sure. When you're going to be in like uh, high speed winds of Antarctica, do you want a hat with that much surface area? No, not practically, but it fucking looks great. Yeah. Was that part of his deal with like, hey, uh, John Carpenter, sure, I'll be in your movie again, but. Uh, I need a fucking need, weird hat. <laughs> I need a look. I need this fucking hat. It makes me think I, of uh, Dumb and Dumber with that fucking hat that he picks up from the store when they don't have any money. Do you remember that? Oh, it's my like God. It's like a giant cowboy yeah. hat whatever. Like, it's yeah. so weird I looking. I totally but... forgot about that hat. That <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And see, he is... This is so funny, Stephen, that you bring uh, this up because in uh, Dumb and Dumberer, mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, that character that Jim Carrey plays, Lloyd Christmas... Right? 
is played by what's his Eric name Christian Olsen. Olsen. Yep. Yeah, who's in the 2011 right. thing? It's, it's so cyclical, man. It comes back. You can't absolutely. get rid of it. It's yeah. life, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing builds upon itself. <laughs> yeah, I put a note about that hat too because it's just right in your face, man. It's fucking great. Um, I also put a note. Uh, I because I, I haven't seen this movie in a, in a few years, and uh, I think I forget every time that you actually see a flying saucer. Like you see, it's not the movie opens. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. And then uh, you see like pictures of it, like you see it, and uh, I I I remember it being more like uh obscure cinematic like, yeah <laughs> i yeah. remember you like you you knew that there was an alien but it, you know whatever i didn't i didn't realize like yeah this is straight up from a flying saucer and i fucking loved it i thought that was cool look i i know people like i'd said before people shit on the 2011 cgi uh because you know it's not up to snuff or whatever and sure maybe it doesn't hold up that well but we also gotta admit this you know, this UFO at the beginning of this movie looks a little bit jank, but I'm into you it. know they're saving like all the the good effects for like right. the movie proper, you know. So they couldn't do it practically. They couldn't send a, a spaceship into outer space and film it. So that's the, that's only a problem. Not till Musk gets a hold of it. Hey, you know what? Actually, I think the film uh, Predator was inspired by that title sequence too, because if you know in the beginning of that film, what do you see? You see a flying spaceship coming through space. Oh, so I, honestly, I think that mm-hmm. film made uh bro- broke some made some headway and you know broke some yeah. ground as far as introducing aliens. Yeah, so, like an mm-hmm. '80s trope almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. It was the first one. Um, so yeah, we've been talking about the effects uh, in this for sure, and uh, obviously the uh, the the practical effects in this are are fucking amazing. They they really stand up. They remind me in in a similar way of just standing up the uh, over time um, to like Jurassic Park which was a CGI uh, and, and practical film, but uh, that CGI is so, like, so great. Uh, but these, man, uh, they are visceral. When, when people rip apart, <laughs> yeah. it, it, looks like, it looks fake in some way. You know, like it, yeah. it looks like it's makeup and stuff, but it's horrifying that, so mm-hmm. much so that I believe it. It, is, it, it, it truly is terrifying to me. It's crazy. It's shocking to look at, yeah. especially when you see the way that bodies are like opened up and where mouths are forming are formed. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like in uh stranger things where you've got Ooh, the, yeah. like, was it the Demogorgon yeah, yeah. or whatever? The little like flower head that like peels apart. Mm-hmm. It's like that sometimes, but also it's like, Oh, that used to be a dog. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, all right, here we go. And then it also like the creepiest part to me for like most of the characters is the little like Twizzler size, like little string tentacles that like start whipping about. Oh, yeah. They're not really like doing anything, but it's <laughs> but just yucky. You know, I just don't like the yuckiness yeah. of it. Oh, I embrace yeah, all the yuckiness of it. That's what makes this film so oh, great boy. is just, I mean, the grotesqueness, the mm-hmm. absurd, you know, Mm-hmm. things that we see in this film that's what makes it so great and you know that's what makes it all the if you really look at basically what it took to make all those effects i mean rob botine who was the yeah. practical effects guy this was made this was like his first major project on his own that's what uh, i thought yeah before then he actually he was an assistant to uh, rick baker who did an american mm-hmm. wolf in london uh the previous year which that is well known for its transformation scene in itself but you know he was only 23 at the time and for Mm -hmm. him to kind of go out this and he actually it's actually written in this that i'm reading right now that you know he he worked seven days a week for 50 for Mm. over a year and in fact he spent so much time and so much effort on this project he actually checked himself into a hospital damn uh, for exhaustion because he was just completely worn out from this. 
And it's pretty amazing. But I mean, for it to leave such a lasting impact that it has, I mean, in this yeah. kind of watched his career, he went on to do a bunch of other things. I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head at the point, but, um, but yeah, I just, hmm. this is one of those films where it's practical effects to me stand the test of time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I had known his name and I, I, I knew Rick Baker's name and everything. And, um, I used to want to be a, uh, a special effects guy. And so I, like when I was a kid, I was really into like looking up, uh, info about them and everything, but I was reading some stuff now and I'd forgotten, uh, he was Rick Baker's, uh, assistant. And then Rick Baker went to do American Werewolf in London and Botine got the howling and they both released werewolf films, uh, like at the same year. And uh, American Wolf from London, those are like, you know, phenomenal. Uh, but the Howlings are really fucking good, too. And they're really creepy. And uh, I only watched that for the first time really in the last few years as well. And uh, it was pretty great. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, I'm so glad that that he learned what he did. And like uh, he, he is a legend in his own right. And this movie is like the, the main one, uh, you know, that people think about with him. But he did Legend, The Fog, The Howling. Um, robocop two and three apparently but uh hey yeah. i recently watched this yeah right on but uh yeah mm-hmm. he's 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 a master robo teen so yeah glad glad he was around do you guys do you guys know where this movie was filmed because mm. it, it like clearly takes place in a, a snow like uh setting but i wasn't sure if that's like just shredded potatoes or if that's <laughs> right. actually snow it because cold. it looked fucking yeah 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 like everyone's breath in this movie seemed like it was actual like breath and not added in after the fact or whatever right yeah. so it's like alaska yeah that's what it's saying on here um, oh is it cold there now <laughs> oh my god somebody has to stop global warming because it's <laughs> fucked up yeah so you probably go back to those same shooting locations now and there's probably nothing there <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. totally different movie um uh yeah juno alaska uh, lasted 12 weeks uh for filming Ooh. uh two weeks of rehearsals before that so they were out there for a long time, but yeah, there's scenes where they're outside Damn. and you can tell like it's fucking cold. Like the, the breath mm-hmm. coming out of them, you know, is all uh, everywhere you can see it. And um, it, it adds to the ambiance, right? Like it looks really cold. It looks like they're really yeah. there. Um, and it totally works that way. I think the, the new one too, the 2011 one um, looks okay, but I, I, there's just such like a, an aesthetic for eighties films in general. But this one um, mm-hmm. I was looking at Dean Cundy was the, uh, the cinematographer of this one. He's done tons of fucking shit. Uh, Dean Cundy's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, he was interviewed by our buddies over at the Terror Table um, a few years back, but um, yeah. he did Jurassic Park, who, uh, uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Thing, Apollo 13. Like, he's done tons of fucking shit. And, uh, man, anything we've heard amazing. of? <laughs> uh, Garfield the movie. <laughs> Fuck yes! What was that? But yeah, man, the, the whole look of this film from effects to, uh, to John Carpenter's style in general to the cinematography, like, it just really, um, yeah, it's, it is definitely like one of Carpenter's best for sure. Yeah. And I think we were talking, I don't know if it was as we were recording or maybe before, but like the coziness of horror and mm. this has it in spades right, right. because it is like chilly outside in the, the exterior scenes, but then you go inside and it just like watching this movie you get the feeling of like oh they're inside even though it's probably not like a comfortable temperature at least you're out of that wind so your your body starts to like uh coze up a little bit and as i was watching the uh 1982 movie i was watching it at night my wife had gone to bed and i was watching the the movie in the living room with one of my dogs it was a little (laughs) little bit hot so i like turned on the ceiling fan and it had the exact effect of like 
being cold during the movie, even oh, though it was cool. just yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, it's 71 degrees instead of 72. <laughs> How do they survive? You know, not quite the same thing, but you know, close enough to where I was like, oh, I'm cold. They're cold. Hey, we're all surviving this the thing together. You know, <laughs> you know, it makes it a lot easier to empathize with them and say, <laughs> yeah, it really does. What really does. feeling yeah. right now? <laughs> uh, you guys are cold. I'm cold. There's a dog around you. There's a dog around me. Yours is transforming. Exactly. Eating all of you. Mine is just being uh-huh. cool. You know, he's just like chewing on my arm <laughs> yeah, slightly. You know, deal. don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of chewing on arms, and we were talking about the effects. Yes. Uh, my favorite effect from this one is uh, when the doctor is trying to uh, do CPR. It goes oh, straight through that god. fucking guy's stomach and chest, fucking and rad. it just bites his arms off. Oh my god, uh, that one—that's the one that lasts with me for the for the most. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with that. I think that was definitely one of the best, if not probably the best effect in the film or sequence. Yeah. Um, another popular one that I like is the um, the one where Palmer uh, makes his full transformation and his head just kind of splits open like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks like a kind of like a Venus flytrap or something like Fucked that. Up. And he yeah. kind of like pulls him in and just starts like eating him while he's like upright. So, <laughs> yeah, um, like Sticks I said, with you, I man. Mean, that's the, it's just like when you I, I, I can't even remember how old I was when I first watched this film. And, mm. you know, I just kind of wish I could go back and remember just the initial. Yeah, that I had from like whoa like what did i just see <laughs> yeah it yeah. almost feels like illegal when you're a kid and you're watching you're like oh my god is like someone gonna know i'm watching this shit like yeah. what the fuck yeah you know because especially because a lot of this stuff happens uh in a surprising way it's not quite a jump scare for that particular scene but it's like close enough right. that it was a, a precursor to it or whatever and as you're watching the movie you've got all these like interesting scenes with these interesting characters and all the dialogue is good and you're just like kind of wrapped up in the scene so whenever something like that rears its ugly head it is yeah. shocking and for me like my favorite one is the one that scared me like the first time I watched this a couple of years ago which was the blood test scene where they're like <laughs> yeah. uh, dipping that little like hot um, uh, coil wire into the petri dish and eventually the thing just like pops up and it, it like startled me because i wasn't expecting to see it then because there were still a few people's blood right. left to test i just thought classically they're gonna wait till they get to the last person <laughs> yeah but no it's like a few people into and it they're all and they're uh, together I thought that was cool oh, and they're like let me out, yes. let me out. <laughs> yeah up. It was yeah. wild. And that was the other thing about like rewatching this, not not being like intimately familiar with it, just having a general idea of the story is that I knew uh, that uh, McCready and Keith David's character, Childs, mm. uh, survived to the end. But everyone else, I, I couldn't remember if they were either a monster or they get eaten by mm. the monster. Mm. So that I was still, still like kind of on the fence. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it, yeah. it was a, a fun way to rewatch it, you know? Yeah, well, for sure. And the way that that movie ends, I think that's another kind of another aspect of what makes this film great is just how it ends, because right. it leaves to the imagination and it leaves to the, there's such ambiguity behind it that we don't know. We, we really don't know what their fate is. And mm-hmm. so it's written. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch. I don't know if you've been reading a bunch of the theories that are behind this ending and like, who are they really is McCready the thing is mm-hmm. child's the thing and there's theories to why they they are like for example when we were talking about seeing their breath well mm-hmm. at the very end mm-hmm. when child's goes to take a swig of that you know whiskey bottle you don't see any breath coming out of his mouth mm-hmm. 
So that hmm. was one theory that people had. And then the right, other right. one was, well, <laughs> when they were using the whiskey bottles to light everything on fire at the end, they were supposedly filled with gasoline. But as you hmm. see McCready before Childs introduces himself into the scene, you see him actually taking the bottle to his mouth. And before he has a chance to drink it, child shows up. Hmm. So there's that hmm. theory behind it. It's like, wow, you know, was he trying to kill himself? Was he going to end his life right then and there? And then yeah, we stopped him, you know, just really, what was it? There are so many questions um, as mm -hmm. to what really is going on and what happened to him. Yeah. Who's who? Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things is the ambiguity of the ending ending because yeah, like, like you're saying, like we don't know, we don't have exact closure there. And that's such a fun conversation to have in the parking lot after mm -hmm. the movie. You know, when you go see this with your friends or whatever, it's like, do we expect Kurt Russell to turn into some like ever loving blue eyed thing? Or do we expect Keith David to turn into some like, frozen statue like a gargoyle or whatever you know it's like which way is this gonna go which like they could both be humans mm -hmm. we don't know i mean i think i think but, it'd be, uh, cool. That's, that's I think it'd be cool if keith david turns into spawn you know i think that would be bad oh yeah mm -hmm. this is the the impetus <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. it's spawn yeah. spawn yeah it spawns spawn, spawn yeah. to hell, comes back you know <laughs> i still want wilford brimley to jump up at the very end and be like Vetus, you know yeah, and he's, the, he's the one at the end, but uh, and then Michael Jackson's beat it starts yeah. playing. It's like, well, I, I guess, guess you well, know. I mean, oh, sure, why not? both came out same year, so you know, it's relevant. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Yeah, uh, it happen. Good. Speaking of coming out same year, um, uh, this came out the same year as ET, wildly different, uh, alien movies that came out together. Yeah, they're pretty similar, yeah, pretty similar I guess, but uh, that was yeah. a juggernaut success. And uh, at the time, nobody, I mean, somebody liked this movie, but uh, generally, this movie was kind of not liked uh, a lot of critics really oh, fucking hated it it didn't crazy. seem like audiences really took to it and uh i don't know I, I i wonder for john carpenter what that must have been like he'd already had a bunch of hits in a row and then this one wasn't mm -hmm. but it's become a stone cold fucking classic since then it's like those idiots don't yeah. know what they're talking about back then but uh man yeah what a wild thing to think back on now and be like yeah nobody understood what this was and now it's like this amazing mm -hmm. movie and et as well as well you know we watched that recently too but um yeah, yeah this is uh this, it's wild to me to think that that happened you know well, I mean, I think mm -hmm. that 1982 had just a that was a big year for 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 box office. That was a massive sure. year. I mean, if you and I'm looking at the list right now for basically box office domestic receipts mm. for that year, obviously ET coming in at number 1 with over 314 million dollars, but you also had Raiders of the Lost Ark, you had oh, Rocky 3, mm. you had Porky's, you had mm. Star Trek 2: The Wrath of Khan, you even had Poltergeist. Three movies yeah. were in the top ten had Steven Spielberg's involvement in it, whether he was director right. or whether he was an executive producer. He was, yeah, that was a big year for him. You yeah, also yeah. had Annie, Conan the Barbarian. You had even even Friday the 13th Part 3 made mm. an extra $10 million compared to The Thing did. And oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, so it's... It's that 3D money. Yeah, you also had, you know, that <laughs> yeah. 48 hours that was basically spearheaded the whole buddy cop thing with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, right That's on. what made him a superstar. I mean, so there was so much stiff competition right. at that time. Plus, it came out mm -hmm. during the summer when you had all of these other blockbusters coming in mm. at the same time. There was just no competition. And at some point, they kind yeah. of had to have known that. 
And so it is kind of painstaking, you know, because like that's something I, I wonder what goes through your head as like an executive producer or somebody mm-hmm. who's like, you know, why do I got I got to compete with all this bullshit now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's that's no a way. lot of competition that year, like fucking great classics, you know, that's that's a look. That's I mean, amazing. It, it is a lot of competition. You named some like huge movies, but that wasn't even like the most major release of 1982. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me, baby. Oh, My brown okay. ass was also released in 1982, you know? I was gestating in the, the tum-tum of my mum-mum, you know? And like then I just, like, popped out like a, oh, like a little fucking God. maggot turd, you know? And the doctor was like, well, I guess you got this. So you know? She's like, I'll name it, Brent. But, Doc, will his virginity go, grow back later in life? He's like, yeah. ma'am, he'll never lose it to begin with. Ooh, that's a nice one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah man i uh, yeah i i'm so glad we got together to talk about this uh it, it's such a great fucking movie uh, i highly mm-hmm. recommend this um i i ended up watching this on my own oh it was on amc uh i i, I got amc tv channel on accident added to my apple tv instead of like getting the amc app so it's like it uh. had uh i noticed uh it had like commercial breaks that i could skip through really quick so i was like oh no big deal whatever it's, it's i can do that uh but then i noticed that uh child's says fuck at one or or shit at one point and it and it like cuts mm-hmm. it off and made like a you know they, he didn't say poop but it was basically like that and i was like oh wait a second i'm watching like a tv version of this fucking movie right now so i had to go back yeah. and uh, and watch it on my own plex but um uh yeah brent would you would you end up watching this one uh on peacock but i also own it on itunes gotcha, but gotcha. i was just like oh, maybe maybe i could throw some some ducats yeah, yeah. Uh, john carpenter's way if i stream it. i don't I know mean. what my thought process was honestly i was already watching the 2011 thing on peacock there you go yeah and then it's like it automatically queued up the the og i was like well i guess we're doing this right on right on so that's where we're doing where it people can find it it's yeah. out there in the world it's streaming some places so. yeah uh, you can definitely find mm-hmm. that, and I would really recommend it. Hopefully, you've watched it before listening to this anyway. But um, yeah, I, I had a blast with this. Uh, Chase, any final thoughts about about the movie for you? Um, you know, like I said before, this is I think what John Carpenter did with this film. I think is kind of the best of everything that he kind of, you know, it took all of his talents that he did beforehand um, that led to this movie. I mean, basically, John Carpenter arguably created slasher films with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he was already a pioneer, basically, in uh, in those regards. But I think, though, what he did was he kind of took all those ingredients, slasher, isolation, and, you know, just mix it all up with body horror. And this is, I think, one of the best, you know, cult classic horror films of science fiction mm-hmm. of all time. And my apologies for for about stating Rob Bott, and I actually did not know he was uh, with The Howling. In fact, that was, I think, his first major mm. project that he did mm-hmm. he was kind of in charge. So I thought The Thing was kind of like his first breakthrough thing, but no. Uh, so my apologies on that for getting that wrong. But uh, He's a big listener, so yeah. Don't ever correct yourself <laughs> on air. Do not ever do it. <laughs> I will get your confidence one day. I will. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that, Brent? You have confidence. <laughs> no, I'm just stupid. You call it what you so want. I just, I, so I just I don't just know ignorant. better. That's ignorant. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. ignorant. <laughs> uh, well, what about you, Brent? Final thoughts? Oh my God, this fucking movie came into my life uh, like Kurt Russell holding dynamite. It's clobbering time, baby. Hey. It just like busted through there. I fucking love this oh, movie. I, love I was look, Stephen. We've 
we've talked about this via text, but one might say we've overbooked ourselves with entertainment (laughs) for the spooky season. Uh, But I will admit that I have been so excited, so fucking excited to rewatch 1982 is the thing that it's all kind of been worth leading up to it. You know, sure. I've got way too many extra movies to watch (laughs) before we, you know, next week, really. Right. But uh, right now I feel pretty good about it. You know, that's great, man. Yeah. I'm glad that you found a love that you wouldn't have watched otherwise, I guess, a few years ago. Um, It's it's great. And our our friend Liz Wilson uh, that we're in a a group chat with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with Allison and your wife, Amanda. Uh, she doesn't like horror stuff. She doesn't mm-hmm. like spooky shit at all. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she does love Kurt Russell. Oh, you know? yeah. Maybe this. <laughs> I'm just saying. You just watch his scenes if with you his hat. Give yourself a, if you just want to give yourself a little uh, mustache ride fantasy, <laughs> watch this movie. He's he's looking good in this one. You know, he does, man. I like that full fucking beard. When you say mustache yeah. ride, I can't only think of him like Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that works as well. I'm that is a better. mustache. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Uh, well, Rad. Well, uh, Chase, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I'm so glad we got you on the show, man. Well, Stephen, wait. What? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, <laughs> you didn't give your thoughts on this. Oh, I, I thought overall, I, yeah, uh, it's good. Uh... <laughs> My thoughts? Oh, yeah. No, sorry, I, I was trying to throw it to Steven. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm good. I, yeah, I like this so. movie. It's fucking great. Uh, I think I said all I got to say about it, though. Yeah, I think I think we're all on the same page that it's a Stone Cold classic. I'm going uh, beyond okay. Siskel and, I'm going beyond Siskel and Ebert and, you know, basically giving it six thumbs up. Oh, and I think, oh you know, and I think that's fair, you know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is obviously my probably my favorite John Carpenter film. Uh, that right. would, along with Escape from New York, I think those are probably my top mm. two as of right now. And there's actually right on, right on. there's actually much more uh, John Carpenter that I haven't seen yet. Mm. That I need to check. There's out. still some stuff for me too. Yeah, um, uh, I slowly get through it, but I'm almost like teasing it out because I'm like eventually I'm gonna run out and I just have to get to fucking vampires. That's a good uh, one. Vampires. Is I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's cheesy <laughs> right good. On. I'll just I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that it's one. It's cheesy yeah. good, but uh, Mal- and you know how you love uh, fucking um, God damn what a name <laughs> worth it uh, Woods James oh, Woods yeah. politics yeah, yeah if you love his politics <laughs> then you'll love this oh James then you'll love, you'll love this yeah oh yeah James Woods is a total baller in this film dude like he's just yeah it's hilarious and anything that Chewing he does really is just it's just gold right on oh. man yeah I'll eventually get to it yeah I mean I, I want to watch all of Carpenter stuff I only watched. Um, fucking prince of darkness for the first time like last year or something that movie is killer man um he's got some cool stuff out there obviously one that i uh, saw today that i need to catch up on that i need to watch is that one with sam neill i think it's Malcolm. oh Malcolm. yeah jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> i would oh, watch john yeah. carpenter's jurassic park by the way that sounds fucking rad yeah. that was jurassic park <laughs> three okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh yeah the sam neill one is it um in the mouth of madness yeah is it that one yeah I yeah so. I've, I've heard about it but yeah never seen it so I'll definitely check that out. But uh, so, Chase, uh, did you want to uh, tell people social media any way they can find you? If you if you'd like, you could do that. Sure. Um, I mean, like I said, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I do have an Instagram or I do have an Instagram, but I don't really use it very much. Mm -hmm. So you can probably just find me on Facebook if anybody wants to, you know, reach out. Uh, This is actually my first podcast that I've ever done. 
Oh, kick so, ass, man. Uh, Welcome to it. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. And sorry. <laughs> I just yeah. want to apologize in advance. <laughs> so. We're right on, man. Uh, yeah, we, we would love to have back on. Um, we do we do these yeah. every week, so uh, with lots of kinds mm-hmm. of themes. And then every October, we do like horror movies and stuff. But uh, we do all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, thank you for, for joining us today, man. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks absolutely um so as usual if you'd like to contact us our info is in the show notes you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps five stars is always appreciated and please tell your friends so more people can find us absolutely next week we will be talking about the exorcist from 1973 mm-hmm. i've never seen it i hear it's not a wise idea to eat pea soup while mm-hmm. watching it yeah. or maybe it is mm-hmm. Ooh, god damn I know. it so this one the gauntlet has been thrown <laughs> I'm down i'm excited for it. i've only seen it like once in full uh, my wife has only seen it once at a uh, like a, a teenager sleepover party, and she didn't ever fucking go to sleep. I think that night uh, terrified her, but I'm I'm trying to rope her into watching it with us and then being a guest next episode. So we'll see if we can make that work. Uh, Chase, have you seen The Exorcist? Any thoughts on that one? Yes, I've seen it several times. In fact, um, many years ago when they did a re-release with mm. uh, new footage, I actually got a chance to see it in theaters, and I was what, probably ass. about I was a teenager at that time. Mm-hmm. So they introduced new sequences that were just beyond just off the walls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exorcist was always that's another classic horror film. And, you right. know, I actually decided one day to go back and just like look at old uh, footage on YouTube where they had screenings of this film and they were interviewing people outside the theaters and people were just absolutely disgusted, revolted. Right. They were scared shitless. They were just right. like, I've just I'll never be able to sleep again. I'll never be able to do this. I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. You know, it was a movie that gets in your head without saying anything. It was a movie that was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, definitely one of, you know, rest in peace, William Friedkin uh, Mm -hmm. recently passed away. Uh, Definitely one of his best films uh, ever. So yes, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And you can find many hilarious and many controversial topics. uh, (laughs) So uh, I I highly recommend it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm so excited for brent to finally watch it um i feel like like the thing it is a, a horror movie but uh the exorcist is like a genuinely just good fucking film and uh it's just mm-hmm. well made film and uh so it's it's just good for people to watch i think but uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that uh brent anything any final thoughts for you for for the episode today uh just go watch the haunt is alive uh, on you, youtube sir. it's steven's short film three parts and it won't even cost you 10 minutes of your time yeah. you know get in get out yeah I'm, my god steven uh, look no spoilers but on that last part you've got like the credits uh-huh, uh-huh. and i was just so fucking delighted oh, by thank you. Thank the, you, the names that i saw pop pop up there you know yours included but you know there's some other you know so where can i actually character where can names I that show up that's why uh, where can yeah. i actually watch them at yeah, right on. Uh, so YouTube, my uh, my film group or whatever, my channel is called uh, A Little Less Profound Films. So you can find that or you can just search The Haunt is Alive and it'll pop up my my trilogy on there. So mm-hmm. yeah, please check it out. Now, man. you want to start with the first one and then go to the second, then the it's third. You don't want to start with three. Right. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. OK, so it all makes sense to go in chronological order. Gotcha. Yeah, generally. Yeah. You yeah. might get a little lost otherwise. But uh, yeah, it was good times. Uh-huh. It's pretty fun to put it out there. And uh, yeah, definitely check that out. I appreciate that, Brent. And uh, anybody that wants to check that out, good times. And uh, uh, yeah, Chase, we'll try to have you back on another time. But uh, again, thank you for being here, man. All right. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.
Excellent. Of course. So uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And I'm Chase. And let's talk later. One, two, three, record. Excellent. Perfect. All right. So uh, this is our, our little outtake segment. So uh, like Steven was telling you, we'll just bullshit for a little bit, you know, kind of fill each other out. Mm-hmm. I have been uh, not, you know, I mean, maybe we'll feel see how it goes. You know? out. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, my God. You gonna touch me like an animal, Steven? Hey, oh my god! No problem. So, uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of studying for this like work thing, and I've been going through a lot of like instrumental music because if it's anything with lyrics, it just like takes my focus or whatever, you know. Right. So I've been going through. I I like to listen to some of the the lo-fi, yeah, uh, like study beats or whatever. I but those. like I do hear it, like if you listen to these playlists often enough, you start to recognize. The, the same songs over and over and just like any song you hear over and over again ad nauseum you're like ah, is, what else is out there or whatever you know so I pulled up YouTube immediately before we started recording maybe like 10 minutes before and I saw that on the YouTube channel of the lo-fi study beats there's a Halloween version oh, of this kick-ass. I was really? like oh my god they have read my fucking mind, so I cannot wait to study tomorrow. It's fucking weird. <laughs> weird thing to say. Almost offensive to me. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I listened to a little bit of it. It's like just a, a tinge of, of sinister mm. in this, like, I'm relaxing music. Means. It's it's, yeah. it's very, like, cozy, you know? Mm. I, I fucking dig it. Cozy sinister. Yeah, I like that. It's not yeah, it. cozy sinister. Yeah. Sinister and cozy, oh, yeah. you know, goes really well together. Mm-hmm. They really do, man. I never thought so, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, they they honestly do. I mean, like, I, I guess I do because a lot of the horror films that I watch in October, they're like the cozy ones. They're the ones I grew up with, like eighties and nineties mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and it's like yeah. that's good. That's like a warm blanket, you know. Yeah, there's always something that's kind of yet, you know, comforting, I guess, in what you've grown up with or accustomed to, you know. Right. Or some people have their traditions where they do things at the certain time of year it's like i gotta have this it's like a security blanket for them right you know, like it's just an annual tradition i do it's like at christmas oh i always have to watch christmas vacation you know yeah so, hell yeah i do but it's like well what is your what is your go-to i guess for like horror films like if you have a horror film in mind what is something you have to feel like you watch all the time or at least once a year for, well, showgirls, yeah. obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that is maybe shit. good burger that, that is, after that. That is pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, showgirls and good burger. Hmm. Oh, it's a double feature. I don't know yeah. about this. <laughs> You're looking at a burger either way. Is, you know what I'm saying? That's too much of a good time, right there. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of would like because they're making that good burger too. Uh, that's coming out oh, soon. Yeah. I would like mm-hmm. it to be that. Uh, I don't know, not not uh, Keenan, but the other dude. Kel, uh, Kel, Kel, yeah, yeah. Kel. Uh, I I want Kel to have gone like he can't work at the burger joint anymore, so he's got a job at the strip club, and he still introduces the strippers the same way, where he's like, "Welcome to Good Burger." Oh, sorry, welcome to strip club. You know, like <laughs> he well, can yeah, well, instead, instead of Good Burger, it'd be Good Titties. So it's like, uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to Good to Titties, good home of Good Titties. How may I help you? You know that kind of thing. So. <laughs> He'd, yeah, still be, he'd still be wearing the little paper hat that comes with his the job. Same hey. uniform. <laughs> the same yes. Uniform. <laughs> Pinstripe, man. Hell yeah. Fuck I'm yeah. Cool it's a good look. You can't let that go. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's part of his personality, part of his makeup, you know? It's yeah. Him exactly. Him. Plus, I just think like. More photo on the side, you know, then. That's right. <laughs> you could have, you could make it more grounded in reality, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, 
he needs to like branch out a little bit um i don't know like the the new one seems much like the old one and that's cool uh you know for fans of good burger and everything but yeah i'm just saying get a real job at a strip club <laughs> no but i mean i think that's kind of like when you bring up you know something like good burger 2 like a film that you know sequels that generally get released I don't know, 10 plus years after the original one tend to kind of struggle a little bit. And I think that that, you know, for example, like you had that with Blues Brothers 2000, you know, where it came out 18 years, you know, after the original one. And by that time, like, I just think it kind of lost its charm. It kind of lost its its effect, I guess. And plus, I mean, it's hard enough just to replace somebody like John Belushi anyway, who was like a comedic genius at that time, you know. They should those not pretty, have tried. <laughs> I mean, those, those are hard. That's a hard shoe to fill, and that's no disrespect to John Goodman or anything like that, because he's a right. He's a wonderful actor and comedic genius in his own right. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it was kind of overblown. I felt like it was just kind of overblown and just kind of it just lost its unique charm that the original film had. So those are always something that if you wait too long to do a sequel, then it normally probably won't work out. And what? How long has it been since the original Good Burger came out? Dude. Like. Since good, I've fucking like twenty years. I don't know, man. That yeah, I'm like gonna say ago. like it felt like it feels like it's at least twenty years. So <laughs> I'm trying to look it up right now. I do love that you brought up Blues Brothers 2000, though. I haven't thought about that in a long time. And uh, yeah, I well, I remember that came out because I was like a teenager, and my dad had shown me Blues Brothers, and I really loved that movie. It's amazing. And then the the sequel came out. And I was like, we were so excited, and I just remember being like. And like immediately just disappointed like watching it you're just like oh yeah. no <laughs> I mean I'll give it some credit though I mean the soundtrack I think is has some really good highlights to it you know yeah. and I do like some of some of the things that they did with that as far as um, you know musically speaking but you know it just it just doesn't hold it just doesn't hold a candle to the original and unfortunately that's how most sequels are but especially when you wait that long it's like Right. Why even? Why even bother? I'm well, looking at this. I thought Blues of, Brothers yeah. 2000 came out in 2000, but it came out in 1998. Okay. What? So bullshit eight, is so that? So 18 years. I was right then. Okay. So yeah. I, yeah. I guess right on the mark. I, I guess correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's just kind of you know, it, it, it's good bigger who probably going to fall in that same trap, and you know, it's, it's like got to. You, yeah, I mean, the only strength, I guess, or the only, you know, chance it has to become relevant is due to the consistent or the consistent success of Keenan, who still, you know, who was right. acting for Saturday Night Live. And he's been actively relevant for, you know, many years past. Whereas yeah. Hell, he kind of went off and did his own thing. I don't really know what he's been up to, you know, these last 15 years. <laughs> he might have. He might, yeah. have served, he might have served some good burgers over there, you know? <laughs> So, I mean, maybe that's something that, you know, we can dig deeper in and figure this out. I really want to get to the bottom of this. Uh, And I also just looked up the original Good Burger movie came out 26 years ago. 1997. That's just ridiculous. That's just. That's the same year as Limp Bizkit's (laughs) debut album, $3 Bill. Wow. Wow. That's crazy, Stephen. Hey, you know what? Back then, it was all about Limp Bizkit. Like, $3 Bill was a landmark. It is to this very day. It has never been interrupted. I won't stand for it. It's a landmark album. I mean, Mm -hmm. still stands with Tessa Top. you're a good this guy company. gets it. Yep, yeah. This guy gets it. <laughs> Britt is, you know. is all about the new metal, uh, so much so that he mm-hmm. has a, a another podcast called The Nudist Colony, 
where he discusses uh, with a, another friend of his uh, new metal albums as they were released. And uh, yeah, so. Oh, that's a clever title. I like for that. Sure. That's yeah. a clever title. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. Everyone else hates it, including myself, the person who came up with it, but I appreciate it as well. So. Oh, well. Thank you. So, thank you. So please. Your haters going to hate, right? You know? So that's just their. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think you learn that. You get a thick skin as a Limp Biscuit fan, I would imagine, Brent. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta shake off these counterfeits, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's disgusting. A, you just gotta have faith in the whole situation. Man, Otherwise, you're gonna do it. God, you beat me to it. I was gonna say that. Uh. Sorry, I, I hope you didn't get stuck. Uh, I don't want I didn't want to like sour the mood or anything like that. Oh, you wow. know, it's just there's just a lot of noise pollution up in here. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I, I just want to break. Songs. I don't mean to like. Sometimes I just want to break stuff. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Oh, we're no? moving yeah. on to the uh, sophomore album. Okay, okay, here we go. Well, it was going to cough over at some point, you know? Yeah, of course. Just like a genre, man. I'm coughing over, you know? So. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I feel like I could leave the room, but you guys could just do puns for the uh-huh. next like few albums and i'll come back in, like 20 minutes to be like oh we're still on album three got it cool i'll come back steven we're still rolling here baby yeah. <laughs> you know oh what time wow it is. man i don't think we've explored enough of the sophomore album to go jump right into hot chocolate starfish that <laughs> man ben stiller man you were partying with him ben stiller's my favorite motherfucker dude uh-huh, absolutely. <laughs> Steven, you're missing out. If you're not about this chocolate starfish life, then I, I don't know what to do for you. Man, you can't forget about that hot dog-flavored wire, though, too, dude. You yeah. cannot. Absolutely not. No. Uh, that, that, no. I don't, I don't like that title, by the way. Steven's a picky eater, I, I think, is you know, the problem. A lot of people didn't like that album. In fact, a lot of people, you know, when Limp Bizkit came out, they were just like, how are these guys making millions of dollars, and yet they have to know their jokes, right? At that point, though, they didn't really even care. They just did what they wanted to do, and yet they were still successful. So that's more power mm-hmm. to them, you know. Absolutely. If, it's like it's like my old man used to say. It's like if you can't dazzle with brilliance, then baffle with the bullshit. Mm. And so you know, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, man. I, mean, I think we've been doing that. Yeah, three hundred twenty-six episodes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like a kind of like a life motto that I like to live by. So hell yeah, man. You know. <laughs> wow steven you brought a feel, tremendous yeah. guest to this podcast like open brent's eyes now that's pretty great this man. is great really he's like oh this this is, i can live my really life wonderful. by this motto i'm flattered yeah look uh, full disclosure yeah. i don't care about good burger at all i was not a nickelodeon kid i was poor we didn't have cable yeah so i just you know think it's a funny reference honestly, Showgirls and, and good burger you know honestly i never and i never watched the original good burger anyway i mean i was an all that fan and i liked you know, the skits that right. they were about. That was like a Saturday Night Live edition for children at that point. But, yeah. you know, uh, Showgirls, it's it's such a notorious film for it just overblown, overproportionated acting. Uh, and the fact that you had like... I thought it was this. subtle, honestly. <laughs> really? So it was a little subtle. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, this well, is really... Just like maybe, from, maybe, maybe from <laughs> some actor, maybe I think maybe more from the lead actor, you know, who is been known and to play in some i mean he was in twin peaks i forgot what's his name i can't think of oh, it right yeah. now uh, kyle mclaughlin kyle mclaughlin yeah he was yeah, in yeah. dune he was in you know Fuck a bunch yeah. of a bunch of top rated films and to go to something like this but i think it happens like every actor you know they always have that one what the fuck were you thinking like when you did this film yeah. and it's like you can't mm-hmm. use money as an excuse like there has to be some other lack of artistic integrity that made you decide to want to do this you know, were you feeling low at that point in your life? I mean, yeah, did you, you feel need like money? you needed, 
Yeah, I mean, like, was there what made what compelled you to do this? I mean, did you have agents tell you, no, don't fucking do this? Like, you will burn yourself, and they just didn't care. I mean, was it reckless abandon? I don't know. So, yeah, I feel like every actor or actor does that. Yeah, uh, with Showgirls, I that's one of the movies I'm so fascinated by, like how it got the people it got. Um, I mean, even like Jesse Spano, you know, you got Elizabeth Berkeley in there. Um, I was a huge Say by the Bell fan, so I was like, I was, where, I was, was definitely to see she, that movie. Was that where she was from? Yeah, was, Say was by, the Bell. by the Bell. And to yeah. think that, and to think that that was only like a few years removed from that yeah. show. Like we're right. talking maybe what three years, maybe four. Yeah, and it was 95 she, that Showgirls came out. Yeah, it must yeah. have been just like a few years. It had to be, you know, to go from a high school character to like the damn, you know, showing it all, like, you know, bearing it all. Right. And even <laughs> 93. Going as, even as far as to give him a lap dance, I mean, Jesus. Right. So. I, uh, <laughs> when this, when Showgirls came out, I didn't watch it right away. I was 10 years old, but uh, I watched it as like a, you know, in the years after that as like a young teenager. And uh, yeah, man, that mm-hmm. was an eye-opening experience. Uh, watching watching Jesse Spanos span her legs uh, oh uh and uh yeah it was uh it was quite quite a treat Jesse Spratos thank you mm-hmm. it was right in front I, of I me. could see you were reaching for it <laughs> yeah, yeah thank it was you. there the whole time <laughs> I yeah. was reaching for it but it wasn't it was it was on it was a 2D screen I couldn't you know you're not allowed to touch <laughs> the problem yeah exactly you're not allowed to touch. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh well on that let's uh let's sync mm. with uh uh burger strippers burger strippers okay burger strippers it's like chicken strips but you know much worse it's just wild land desire <laughs> doesn't sound good to me at all no so, not really this works though yeah all right all so right, cool. all three of us will sync with the words burger strippers on three one two three burger, burger strippers. strippers excellent nice um I want to say on, on the last note of that too, though, I did, I was trying to look up people as we were talking about him really fast and I started to type in Kyle McLaughlin, good burger. And I was like, well, no, 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 different movie. I'm already lost in the weeds here, <laughs> but he really could have elevated it. You know, we're, we're, we're venturing into cool. new territory with the, yeah, <laughs> could be we're going beyond the realm directed of by David Lynch still, you know? Hey, I would actually watch that then. I would watch a David Lynch Good Burger for I'd be sure. Curious. A David Lynch Good Burger. That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty sweet. Now get in the ice cream machine. <laughs> That's a pretty good David okay. Lynch. Okay. Then you have like Dennis Hopper just kind of creeping out of the background. Just be like, Don't fucking look at me. Don't you look at me. Man, I, I think we're selling a movie right now. Yeah. We need to start writing. We have to put it in an envelope and mail it to ourselves. Right. Just so no one else claims it. Yeah. Legally binding, Your Honor. You will never see the original cut ever. Like, (laughs) in a ball. Sorry, I won't even show this to my immediate family. Like, this is (laughs) one of those bastard creations that, like, you just don't ever want to show anyway. I I won't even want to probably watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, just the once. The once and it sticks with you, man. That's the way way Lynch works. L-P-A-S.